Section twenty three of Hans Christian Andersen Fairy Tales and Short Stories, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adina Owen. Hans Christian Andersen Fairy Tales and Short Stories, Volume two. 1844 to 1847 by Hans Christian Andersen translated by H P Paul Little Tuck Little Tuck was left at home to take care of his little sister Gustava who was much younger than himself and he had to learn his lessons at the same time and the two things could not very well be performed together the poor boy sat there with his sister on his lap and sung to her all the songs he knew and now and then he looked into his geography lesson that lay open before him by the next morning he had to learn by heart all the towns in zealand and all that could be described of them his mother came home at last and took gustava in her arms then tuck ran to the window and read so eagerly that he nearly read his eyes out for it had become darker and darker every minute and his mother had no money to buy a light there goes the old washerwoman up the lane said the mother as she looked out the window the poor woman can hardly drag herself along and now she had to drag a pail of water from the well be a good boy tuck and run across and help the old woman won't you so tuck ran across quickly and helped her but when he came back into the room it was quite dark and there was not a word said about a light so he was obliged to go to bed on his little truckle bedstead and there he lay and thought of his geography lesson and of zealand and of all the master had told him he ought really to have read it over again but he could not for want of light so he put the geography book under his pillow for he had heard that this was a great help towards learning a lesson but not always to be depended upon he still lay thinking and thinking when all at once it seemed as if someone kissed him on his eyes and his mouth he slept and yet he did not sleep and it appeared as if the old washerwoman looked at him with kind eyes and said it would be a great pity if you did not know your lesson to-morrow morning you helped me and now i will help you and providence will always keep those who help themselves and at the same time the book under tuck's pillow began to move about cried a hen as she crept towards him i am a hen from kug and then she told him how many inhabitants the town contained and about a battle that had been fought there which really was not worth speaking of footnote kug a little town in kug bay lifting up children by placing the hands on each side of their heads is called showing them kug hens End footnote crack crack down fell something it was a wooden bird the parrot which used as a target as presta footnote presta still smaller town and footnote he said there were as many inhabitants in that town as he had nails in his body he was very proud and said trevadzen lived close to me and here i am now quite comfortable footnote about a hundred paces from presta lies the estate of nusa where Trevadzen usually resided while in Denmark, and where he executed many memorable works. End footnote. But now little Tuck was no longer in bed, 
All in a moment he found himself on horseback. Gallop, gallop, away he went, seated in front of a richly attired knight with a waving plume, who held him on the saddle, and so they rode through the wood by the old town of Ordingburg, which was very large and busy. The king's castle was surrounded by lofty towers, and a radiant light streamed from all the windows. Within there were songs and dancing. King Valdemar and the young, gaily-dressed ladies of the court were dancing together. Morning dawned, and as the sun rose, the whole city and the king's castle sank suddenly down together. One tower after another fell, till at last only one remained, standing on the hill where the castle had formerly been. Footnote. Vordingberg, under King Valdemar, was a place of great importance. Now it is a very insignificant town. Only a lonely tower and the remains of a well show where the castle once stood. End footnote. The town now appeared, small and poor, and the schoolboys read in their books, which they carried under their arms, that it contained two thousand inhabitants. But this was a mere boast, for it did not contain so many. And again little Tuck lay in his bed, scarcely knowing whether he was dreaming or not, for someone stood by him. "'Tuck! Little Tuck!' said a voice. It was a very little person who spoke. He was dressed as a sailor, and looked small enough to be a middy but he was not one. I bring you many greetings from Corsa. Footnote. Corsa, on the Great Belt, used to be called the most tiresome town in Denmark before the establishment of steamers. Travelers had to wait for a favorable wind. The title tiresome was ingeniously added to the Danish escutcheon by a witticism of vaudeville Haberg's. The poet Battison was born here. End footnote. It is a rising town full of life. It has steamships and mail coaches. In times past, they used to call it ugly, but that is no longer true. I lie on the seashore, said Corsa. I have high roads and pleasure gardens. I have given birth to a poet who was witty and entertaining, which they are not all. I once wanted to fit out a ship to sail round the world, but I did not accomplish it, though most likely I might have done so. But I am fragrant with perfume, for close to my gates most lovely roses bloom. Then, before the eyes of Little Tuck, appeared a confusion of colors, red and green, but it cleared off, and he could distinguish a cliff close to the bay, the slopes of which were quite overgrown with verdure, and on its summit stood a fine old church with pointed towers. Springs of water flowed out of the cliff in thick water spouts, so that there was a continual splashing. Close by sat an old king with a golden crown on his head. This was King Hror of the Springs, and near the Springs stood the town of Roskilde, as it is called. Footnote. Roskilde, from Roskel, Rose Spring, falsely called Rothschild, once the capital of Denmark, the town took its name from King Hror, and from the numerous springs in the neighborhood. In its beautiful cathedral, most of the kings and queens of Denmark are buried. In Roskilde, the Danish states used to assemble. End footnote. Then all the kings and queens of Denmark went up the ascent to the old church, hand in hand, with golden crowns on their heads, while the organ played and the fountain sent forth jets of water. Little Tuck saw and heard it all. Don't forget the names of these towns, said King Horror. All at once, everything vanished. But where? It seemed to him like turning over the leaves of a book. 
And now there stood before him an old pleasant woman, who had come from Sora, where the grass grows in the marketplace. Footnote. Sora, a very quiet little town in a beautiful situation, surrounded by forests and lakes. Holberg, the Molière of Denmark, founded a noble academy here. The poets Honk and Hugemann were professors here. Letstern lives there still. End footnote. She had a green linen apron thrown over her head and shoulders, and it was quite wet, as if it had been raining heavily. Yes, that it has, said she. And then, just as she was going to tell him a great many pretty stories from Holberg's comedies, and about Valdemar and Absalom, she suddenly shrunk up together, and wagged her head as if she were a frog about to spring. Croak, she cried. It's always wet, and as quiet as death in Sora. Then, Little Tuck saw she was changed into a frog. Croak. And again, she was an old woman. One must dress according to the weather. It is wet, and my town is just like a bottle. By the cork we must go in, and by the cork we must come out again. In olden times I had a beautiful fish, and now I have fresh, rosy-cheeked boys in the bottom of the bottle, and they learned wisdom, Hebrew and Greek. Croak! How it sounded like the cry of the frogs on the moor, or like the creaking of great boots when someone is marching. Always the same tone, so monotonous and wearing, that little Tuck at length fell fast asleep, and then the sound could not annoy him. But even in this sleep came a dream or something like it. His little sister, Gustava, with her blue eyes and fair curly hair, had grown up a beautiful maiden all at once, and without having wings she could fly, and they flew together over Zealand, over green forests and blue lakes. Hark, so you hear the cock crow, little tuck. Cock-a-doodle-doo! The fowls are flying out of Kug. You shall have a large farmyard. You shall never suffer or hunger or want. The birds of good omen shall be yours, and you shall become a rich and happy man. Your house shall rise up like King Valdemar's towers, and shall be richly adorned with marble statues like those at Presta. Understand me well, your name shall travel with fame round the world, like the ship that was to sail from Corsa, and at Breskilda. Don't forget the names of the towns, as King Horror said. You shall speak well and clearly, little Tuck, and when at last you lie in your grave, you shall sleep peacefully as... As if I lay in Sora, said little Tuck, awaking. It was bright daylight, and he could not remember his dream, but that was not necessary. For we are not to know what will happen to us in the future. Then he sprang out of bed quickly and read over his lesson in the book and knew it all at once quite correctly. The old washerwoman put her head in the door and nodded to him quite kindly and said, Many thanks, you good child, for your help yesterday. I hope all your beautiful dreams will come true. Little Tuck did not at all know what he had dreamt, but one above did. End of Little Tuck Recording by Adina Owen